Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Vegas Nation and Blue Wire Network. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. It's time for another Vegas Nation podcast. You're listening to the Raiders postgame edition. Yeah, I'm glad I was. I did not think initially, um, you know, so I'm glad I was because then we were able to run the clock down and uh, get Daniel another game-winning field goal. Is that a case where you're telling the refs, like, hey, just calm me down? Yeah, I'm fine with whatever, yeah. Yeah, I, I came back to Ole and I was like, you know, maybe I should have ran a little bit and, and got down at the five, but, uh, you know, you're not thinking about that all, all too much. Welcome, everybody, to the Vegas Nation postgame edition. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and I'm joined with Adam Hill, our NFL and Raiders writer, to discuss what went down on the Raiders' 23-20 win over the Colts, the Raiders keeping themselves on the playoff track. And before we get into that game, I want to remind you all to hit subscribe wherever you're listening, and also make sure to check out VegasNation.com. We are brought to you by Station Casinos. STN Sports. Download that mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $100 when you sign up. We're also presented to you by TickPick from Blue Wire. All right, everybody. So as I said, 23-20 Raiders keep themselves in contention for a playoff spot, Adam. Wow. What did you think, first of all, about what happened there at the end sequence? Um, we heard from Hunter Renfro there at the beginning who said, he uh, was glad that he got touched by uh, the defender because otherwise it would have been a touchdown. There would have been a lot of time left on the clock. So the Raiders instead get the ball back and uh, get to run out the clock, hit the field goal, Daniel Carlson, earning that paycheck. What were your thoughts on that whole sequence? Yeah, start with Daniel Carlson. Three of the last six games that the Raiders have played, Daniel Carlson has kicked the field goal in the last play of the game to win. So he's kind of getting used to this scenario and yeah, it was set up by that sequence that you talked about. Hunter Renfro makes the big catch downfield. I think people might forget that was third down. It was third and ten. Viking, or Colts had all three timeouts left. So if they don't complete that play, uh, all of a sudden the Colts are going to get the ball with a chance to go down themselves and try to score uh, in that final minute. So just a, a huge play by uh, Carr evading a blitzer, ducking underneath him, stepping forward in the pocket and looping the ball downfield. Uh, over a Pro Bowl corner and Kenny Moore. So just a, a, a tremendous play all around. And then Moore just dives and gets that hand on the foot of Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro said after the game, if he was thinking about it, he probably should have just taken a knee at the five uh, and not scored there. Uh, but as it turned out, he was touched. The ball is down. They get to wear down the Colts' timeouts, uh, make them use all three, and then run the clock all the way down to three seconds, snap the ball, kick the field goal, win the game. And I, I feel like... There was no doubt from anyone in that building that field of goals going to go through. Daniel Carlson is pretty automatic in those situations. He did have a awful kickoff in the first half, but um, in those situations, I think pretty much everyone knows that's going in. Well, the Vikings who are currently struggling against the Green Bay Packers to put up any points are probably regretting that they let him go. Uh, <laughs> to think also about just some of the big plays that helped 
this team uh, get to this point to be able to put themselves in the position to win this game, starting within the first half, going for it on fourth down. Marcus Mariota comes into the game and they actually used him, I think, quite a lot this game, Adam. What did you think, first of all, about the usage of Marcus Mariota? Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of what we've been waiting for all year. We we were um, we saw a little bit of it in, in training camp, the Marcus Mariota package, and I think a lot of people thought uh, that was going to happen throughout the season. And it has a little bit here and there. We've seen sporadic usage uh, of Mariota coming in the game on short yardage situations. But yeah, a little bit more today uh, in there for about six or seven snaps maybe and a couple read options that he pulled down, ran one really nicely, uh, picked up a first down uh, on another play. So um, I, I think it it's... You know, it's not the most dynamic plays. They're not putting up, you know, a bunch of touchdowns with it. But one of the things they talked about is it's good in short yardage. It's effective to move the chains, pick up those first downs. But almost even more importantly, you know, the teams that they're playing. So let's just take, for example, next week they're playing the Chargers. The Chargers are going to have to spend a day in practice going over some of the scenarios where Marcus Mariota could come in, some of the things that he could do, some of the different plays that they run with him on the field. And that takes away prep from the rest of the team, right? I mean, you—you, you, uh, if you're spending time talking about what Mar- Marcus Mariota is doing, that's time that you're not spending on, you know, stopping Hunter Renfro and stopping Derek Carr and stopping Josh Jacobs and all those other things. So it's just something for other teams to think about, and it's been just effective enough uh, to uh, to be successful for the Raiders. And then on top of that, with the fourth down conversion, Ed Greeny, our own columnist, he took the opportunity to write about Rich Basaccio's gutsy call there to go for it on fourth down. Um, how much was that like a momentum? I know you don't believe in momentum for teams. No, Adam, it's but- not, I wasn't even going to go there. I was <laughs> going to stop you with the other one. I, I'm trying to change how we talk about football, especially fourth down. So I'll say in this situation, uh, you said gutsy call. A lot of people said gutsy call. By Rich Passaccia. Yeah. Uh, I say safe call. It's the safe call because it's the right call because you are giving yourself an additional chance to win. You're increasing your win probability by going for it in that situation. That means it's the cautious call to go for it on fourth down. The risky, gutsy call is to kick a field goal there and drop your percentage chance of winning the game. So I think we need to change how we talk about this because – so much discussion this year has been about analytics and, you know, fourth down attempts and all these other things. And people just don't under, first of all, I guess people just don't understand math, which is baffling to me. We need to <laughs> fix the school systems. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you are making a play that increases the chance that you're going to win the game and the probability that you're going to win, isn't that the safe call? Isn't that the cautious call? So why are we calling it gutsy? I, I understand that's what people do, and everybody did it. I think I might have even said it on Twitter, I, but it's not. that's not how we should talk about it. We should talk about it that it's the safe, the cautious call, the correct call, and that's what Rich Passaccia did. Credit to him, though. I mean, he's a guy that hasn't done that a lot. He's taken the risk and punted and kicked field goals all season, um, and, and this time he decides to go for it, and I thought it was uh, absolutely the right call, a smart decision uh, on his part, and by the way, if – Hunter Renfro doesn't catch that pass, which everybody, you know, everybody knows he's shorthanded. He's going to catch it. But if he doesn't, it's still a first down because he drew a holding penalty anyway on the play. Um, And that's another thing to take into consideration when you're going for it. Uh, You know, teams are going to be aggressive and try to make plays. And in that case, the Colts held. I do have you on record as on Twitter, Adam. Wow. Gutsy call to run the ball. Um, Uh, Oh, third down. Third down with no timeouts. I just saw the word gutsy uh, and I stopped. That's the the Colts. (laughs) 
No, that was that the Colts running the ball on third down with no timeouts at the end of the first half was a real. I mean, it's lost because the Colts lose the game. You don't think about it, but man, what a call uh, by Frank Reich there to run the ball at the one yard line, the last play of the first half. If you don't pick it up there, you don't score at all. Right. Um, and I think that's why they ran it because the Raiders had to be thinking it was definitely a pass. Sure. And you come out and run the ball, and, and Jonathan Taylor scores. So, um, a, and a really, really big turn of events potentially there. Uh, but the Raiders were able to overcome it. That's one of the things they talked about after the game. They just said, you know, they've obviously overcome adversity all season long with everything that's happened off the field. But in games, they're overcoming adversity. Last week, the end of the first half was a total disaster. They were booed off the field at Allegiant Stadium. And to have it happen again, the second week in a row that you have an epic collapse at the end of the first half, uh, and to come out and overcome it again for the se- second week in a row, especially in that environment, uh, was very impressive. Uh, also impressive, Jonathan Taylor yet again going over 100 yards. This guy, uh, I think, set a single season record with rushing yards on the ground for the Colts today. Uh, you have to look at what he's accomplished in the short amount of time that he's played this game. He's nothing short of extraordinary, in my opinion. Um, five, I think he averaged 5.4. Four yards a carry on 20 attempts, 108 yards, plus a touchdown. Um, Raiders, though, however, this is his average. So when Jonathan Taylor has an average day, it's 108 yards. That's what I had learned uh, when Ed Greeny and I did the blitz segment this week for our game day, uh, for our Vegas Nation show. So <laughs> 108 yards. Ed said if you can hold him to 108 yards, they have a chance. And certainly that's exactly what happened in this game. Uh, what did you think, though, of Jonathan Taylor's performance? It was good, not great. And I think when you play the Colts, all you're hoping for is that Jonathan Taylor is not a game changer, that Jonathan Taylor doesn't completely take over the game. We saw that happen a couple times this season. Um, and it's why the Colts, I thought, were one of the best teams in the AFC uh, right there with the Chiefs going into this game. And for a lot of reasons, that didn't happen today. That wasn't the case. The Raiders made them look bad, I think, is part of it. But um containing Jonathan Taylor, I thought was the key to the Raiders today. And they did a really good job of that. Yeah. He broke loose for a couple of big runs. There's a couple of drives that he really kind of took over a little bit, but he wasn't able to do it for long stretches. He couldn't take over a quarter or a half. And when you're playing the Colts, if that doesn't happen, if you don't allow him to do that, you're going to have a good chance to win. And uh, this actually kind of broke a trend because the Colts were nine and zero coming into the game when he ran for a hundred yards. They were zero and six when he didn't run for a hundred yards, and that broke that string today. Uh, but I think the other factor in that, and listen, the Raiders are not going to feel sorry for anybody. We know that they shouldn't. Uh, you never should in the NFL. Uh, they've gone through so much this season. But look at the breaks that the Raiders have got lately. You play a Cleveland team with twenty starters, excuse me, twenty players out, and like eighteen starters missing. Then you go and play a Denver team that doesn't have their starting quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater being out. You play Drew Locke. And then today you play against Carson Wentz, who didn't get to practice all week. And by the way, looked like it. He was awful. And he's he's been playing very, very well the last two months. And that's why the Colts have been so good the last two months. He was bad. He didn't he didn't practice. I in retrospect, it's it's easy to say now. Maybe question the decision of starting him. I, I think maybe you should start Ellinger instead, even though he's far inferior to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz did was not ready to play. I mean, we saw easy throws miss. First of all, some of the silly stuff that he always does was was certainly present. But I mean, easy <laughs> yeah. throw like Ty Hilton. Nobody covered him. They they had a, a broken play on defense, left Ty Hilton wide open, and Wentz missed him by a lot. It wasn't even close. So, um. 
obviously was not uh, was not ready to play in that game. And that, listen, we heard from some of the Raiders, but Denzel Perriman didn't look like himself. And he said after the game, he he was struggling with the uh, with the you know after effects of COVID and what it did to him. And you know Carson Wentz kind of went through that you know same thing. And, you know, clearly did not look ready to play today. He he needed practice, and that was very obvious. Yeah, let's go ahead and hear that clip on the way out here as we take a quick break from Denzel Perryman, just about his thoughts on COVID and his return. I'm just, I, I didn't think I was going to play. But, you know, the new rules and, you know, after five days, you're no longer considered contagious, which I find that questionable, but whatever. I'm out here, so that's all that matters. As far as cardio and endurance, it was tough for me today. I mean, I came out a couple times, you know, because I really couldn't breathe. But, um, I mean, you just got to adjust. You just got to adjust, man. And uh, that I feel like that was my biggest thing. It was just like it was more of a mental a mental week for me, mental preparation. I couldn't get, like, the proper treatment that, you know, I'd normally get. So, uh, like I said, it was just all mental, man. It was all mental. Like, I could have came out here and, was, like, you know, use that as an excuse. You know, I didn't get treatment all week or, you know, I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. And kind of ruled myself out. But... You know, got a great support system in that locker room, you know, coaches and just at home support in general. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Raiders tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Now led under interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, everyone's going to want to see how the Raiders season continues to unfold and if they are in fact a playoff bound team. That's why you've got to visit TickPick.com slash Vegas Nation today to save $10 on your first order of Raiders tickets. It's not just something that we went through so it helps us. I mean, we talk about it, you know, like nobody cares. Keep going. Win, you know, win the day, win, win the game. You know, is the season over because our head coach is gone? Is the season over? You know, because receiver's gone, our corner's gone. You know, is you know, we're just gonna, you know, and at the end of the day, we have a job to do. So it's like that, just nobody cares mentality. You know, no one's gonna come feel sorry for you. No one's gonna come pat you on the back and tell you it's gonna be okay. It's not okay. We gotta win. You know, and I think it's that mentality that we keep speaking into existence that. When things happen, you know, if I throw a pick, defense doesn't care. They don't even blink. They go out and they don't even, don't even let points happen. You know, and it's, it's unbelievable. You get, you get the ball back and you're still right there in it. That was Raiders quarterback Derek Carr talking about what the Raiders need to do and get done here to get their way to the playoffs. And basically it's just buckle down, focus, get there. Uh, as he said there, nobody cares really what all has happened to this team, what they're going through. The ultimate angle is Super Bowl. Right now, the Raiders are uh, positioning themselves to get to the playoffs. There's a possibility, Adam. First of all, can you break down what they need to do in this game, uh, coming game here, obviously just win. But what are the, what are the scenarios if they lose? Yeah. Are you ready for it? Win. Yes. Win. 
Ah. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Uh, win the game. Um, th- there is a way to get in. Uh, there's a lot of crazy things that could happen, but basically I think the easiest way for them to potentially get in if they lose would be the Colts going on the road to Jacksonville and losing. Uh, based on the way Jacksonville played today, I don't think they're uh, going to have any desire in playing that game next week. We shall see. Obviously, their best offensive weapon in James Robinson went down last week, and he's done for the year. Uh, Dari Abungawale is uh, not quite the same player as James Robinson. So, um, you know, we we did not see much of an effort out of Jacksonville today. If they give that same effort next week, that means the Colts will very likely go in there and win, and that means that the Raiders will have to win to get in uh, against the Chargers. We'll see when that game is played. As You know, it's going to sound silly because I'm sure by the time uh, this, you know, people are listening to this, we're going to know when the game is played, but very possibly could move to Saturday afternoon. I am going to look foolish here if I'm wrong on this, but a lot of people are saying it could be the Sunday night game next week. NBC will only do a Sunday night game if there is a standalone game where none of the other results matter. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so I don't think there will be a Sunday night game. And the Raiders Chargers prob- almost certainly won't be a Sunday night game um, because you can't take the chance that the the Colts do lose. And in that case, if the Colts lose, then the Chargers and Raiders would already be in. The game would be meaningless. So I don't think NBC would do that. Maybe they take the chance that the Colts win and put that game on Sunday night. I don't see it. I think maybe more likely a Saturday kickoff. Uh, for the Raiders, which would mean a short week of prep um, and travel plans probably needing to change for some Raiders right. fans that want to come into the game. Uh, so we'll see how this plays out. But definitely uh, something to monitor over the next you know, 24 hours is when that game is going to be played in Las Vegas next week uh, between the Raiders and the Chargers. And they will uh, uh, it will be a, a spectacle. We know that it's a it's a playoff game. I mean, it's a basically again, it's not set in stone, but basically the winner is in the playoffs. That means you're starting the playoffs a week early. It's a playoff game in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Now, what are the scenarios if the Raiders win? They obviously would go on the road. Um, what are, who are the two teams that they could possibly face here? Well, I mean, there's there's more than that because uh, the AFC East is not decided. I mean, very, very likely the Bills are going to win. Um, although, good Lord, Josh Allen was bad today. Um, very likely. Uh, the Bills will win next week, and the Patriots, you would think as well, playing the lower division uh, in the AFC East. I think you know the Patriots have a tougher game, I believe, against Miami. Um, but you would think that the the Bills and the Patriots both win next week. If that happens, the Bills win that division. Uh, so essentially, a lot of things can happen. I mean, Tennessee could lose next week, but they're playing Houston. Kansas City is playing Denver. You don't think they're going to lose? But if some of those teams lose, then, yeah, the, the top can change. But right now, if everybody wins, as we expect, Tennessee would win the one seed. That means they get the bye. That means the Raiders as the, let's see, the if the Colts win, the Raiders win, the Patriots win, I think that would make the Raiders the sixth seed, uh, which would mean they would play the third seed, which is probably going to end up being Buffalo. Uh, but it could also be Kansas City. It could be New England could be Cincinnati potentially so there's all kinds of possibilities but I guess uh, Raiders fans if you want to start thinking hey where's the playoff game going to be um, you would think Buffalo New England Cincinnati so all cold weather places or potentially Kansas City uh, which I doubt but any of those places could have nasty weather yeah so you think about that's all I care about because I'm freezing right now in (laughs) Indianapolis so 
uh, we shall find out where we could be going. And as we wrap things up, Adam, just uh, your keys to the game. What do they need to do here against the Chargers to be successful? Well, I mean, you obviously need to try to contain Justin Herbert and what he's been able to do for the Chargers this season. Um, you know, Austin Eckler was back today. Looked like he had a major, a huge run uh, in the first quarter, and then really didn't do anything after that. So I don't, I didn't get to watch the game. I don't know if he got banged up. I know he had a, a nice long catch as well in the game, but didn't do a ton for the Chargers today. He's he's obviously important. Um, but I think it's just it's play the way you've been playing. The offensive line has been better. You saw the running game going a little bit today, not enough. Uh, but you need to keep the offensive line developing. Um, obviously, Derek Carr is making plays, and that's something that he did today. A lot of off schedule, um, you know, not sticking to the script type plays. Um, he said he, you know, he has more fun and he just gets to drop back, read a defense, and tear him apart. But um, you know, he, I think the offense was more successful today because he was able to do that. Uh, was able to, you know, make some plays with his feet. Didn't run the ball at all, but he did make good use of his mobility inside the pocket and getting on the run a little bit to scramble and, and then throw. Uh, so I think just continue to play that that way. And then the defense playing the way they've been playing. I mean, you talk about Jonathan Taylor putting up decent numbers, but I thought overall that was a win for the Raiders' run defense, which has been so much better the last few games than it was early in the season. So keep that going. Um you know, obviously the Chargers are going to be throwing a lot more. Be ready for that. And I think just play your game. It's going to be, you know, very important to do that. Last time, obviously, the Chargers handled them. Uh, got, you know, especially in the first half, it was very one-sided. So uh, we'll see what, what the Raiders are able to do to respond to that and answer that. But, you know, this, like I said, this is a playoff game. This is a, essentially a win and in. And, you know, everything is at stake. Those those games tend to be a little bit wild sometimes. And here we go. Right now, as we're closing out the show, we have a programming alert. The Chargers will face the Raiders Sunday night. Sunday night football in a very key game. Raiders must win to make the playoff. This game has been flexed. Your kickoff time in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium will be 520 Pacific time. All right. So that'll be it here uh, for this podcast. Make sure again, give us both a follow at Adam Hill LVRJ. I'm at Heidi Fang and you can catch everything that Adam wrote, the guys wrote, Vinny wrote, Ed wrote all on VegasNation.com as well as in print. And don't forget, hit subscribe to the podcast. We'll catch you three times a week. So uh, we'll have you covered on all things happening leading up to the game with all of our shows, with all of our great talented folks for Vegas Nation. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.